back in high school in choir one time, and this was, of course, the early 90s. So it was the um, cascading wave mall bangs and a bee actually got trapped inside the cage of a girl's I could see that I remember those wall o bangs yeah I totally remember those that um, was interesting all the screaming and jumping you two know the show hasn't started yet right <laughs> does it need to Historic Allentown neighborhood of Buffalo, New York. I'm Bobby Pape, and this show has everything. After several weeks away, I am back to fulfill my minimum obligation of podcasting as a 30 something upper middle class white male. And joining me to do that, uh, an older white male, also inclined to and entitled to talk endlessly in the mountain room at the ranch in Manchester, Texas. It's Mike the Gel Dude Frizzell. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. It's good to be back. Me too. I've been gone longer than you, I think. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. And uh, in the Stick Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, it's the, uh, I don't know, only co-host who is willing to step forward and (laughs) offer to put up with the two of us today Mm. as we come back at the mics. It's Anne Don't At Me Lundholm. Good morning, Anne. Good morning. I intend to be disruptive today. (laughs) I wouldn't have it any other way. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody wants to hear two two white guys prattle on here without at least some level of uh, interruption and correction. I'm your girl. Yeah. So thanks. Welcome. Thanks for balancing us out. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of small talk followed by some medium talk. She recommends housekeeping and how to get involved. As always, this is not a cinema road trip spectacular, but Mike and I will be recapping our actual road trip spectacular. Uh, We'll also do some uh, sports talk now that sports is back uh, for at least a little while before it all comes crumbling down. Anne has written something called Zoom Webinar Ambush on the small talk list, and I have no idea what that means, so that's fun. And there's a Tishi friend in the news, all that and so much more. Mike, why don't you get us started? Oh, I'm so excited. Right now, I'm looking at um, a muted TV with uh, WNBA, Seattle and New York. Uh, about to uh, tip off from the IMG Academy in in Florida. I, I couldn't be more excited. Uh, <laughs> it's a measure of your desperation that you have lowered yourself to watch the WNBA. Sports are back. The crack of the bat. The smell of the no. The no smells. Uh, the roar of the, the roar fake of the crowd. Mm, yeah. mm, cardboard cutouts. Um. Anyway, uh, now I I finally my life has no meaning again. Uh, that sports are back. So I guess I'll see y'all in March. So I'm walking out of here right now. I'm going to go get a bigger TV. So we'll see you guys. <laughs> what are you most excited to see? Um, golf. There was golf last weekend that I think was live. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what really got me back into the spirit. And, and that is uh, the, the baseball opener the other night, you know, the Washington nationals, um, I forget who they were hosting, but, but, uh, uh, Dr. Anthony, is it Fauci or, or 
Is that just in dispute still his name at all? Has no. Ever Anthony I Fauci. Ever okay. I just what, heard what what's the alternate? I've heard I I've heard people say it differently even on NPR. <laughs> so, but anyway, but you can't trust them. Anyway, well, give us some alternates, Mike. Fauci. Fauci. <laughs> you know, put your You know how on NPR they they try to yeah. they try to sound a little ethnic when there's you know like <laughs> Nicaragua it's so embarrassing you know I, I like that this is like a like a commercial for Anthony Fauci's a spaghetti house <laughs> <laughs> well it's like when hey, people Mexico say Guy Fieri I'm like come on yeah yeah, yeah. that's a made up name <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> guy grew up in the suburbs or whatever just relax um, uh, growing up there was a there's a car I think it's still there a car dealership in Rochester uh it's a uh, it's uh, it's in Irondequoit, which is a very you know Native American named town, and it's it's a Dodge dealership, and it's Avinia Angelos Irondequoit Dodge. Wow, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm never going to buy Dodge. a Dodge. <laughs> I'm never going to buy a Dodge, but if I do, it's going to be from Vinnie and Angelo. I think yeah. their grandmother used to be in the commercials. Yeah, they'll give anyway. you a special deal, you know. Yeah. Um, so. I don't know if it's the tradition of the sitting president to throw out the first pitch. I think it is. Uh, but but they decided to give it to uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Hmm. Seems like a, an odd choice, you know, someone with integrity and someone who everyone likes. So, unfortunately, Dr. Fauci, uh, he did what you call like, um, well... I mean, the obvious Twitter joke was he flattened the curve. Uh, he threw it about 15 feet outside to a right-handed batter. It was uh, it was not pretty, and I really felt bad. It was like this was the worst moment of the pandemic for a sports fan because you finally got your guy, and he's in the spot, and you're, he's going to start the baseball season, and he's like, he spikes a fucking curveball. No, I'm comforted. He should not be good at throwing. Oh, that I can see. He your shouldn't. Point. I can see your point. He should not be have been spending his time working on his curve. Yeah. He has been spending his time learning about medicine and diseases, and I appreciate okay. that. Okay, I, I I see your point, but but I offer this counter. He was an actual athlete in high school, at least. I think he was the point guard on his team. He might have played in college. Um. You you need to be able to I mean imagine you're throwing a basketball and just throw the basketball at the plate. He was gripping it like it was a knuckleball. It was a very strange grip, and he so he was doomed from the grip. And then when you're nervous, you tend to um, you tend to hold the ball too long. You never see people like sail it, mm -hmm. you know, you know, and throw it a hundred miles an hour into the into the netting. I mean, it's usually it's like, I'm so nervous. When do I let go of the ball? Oh, I forgot to let go of the ball. It just bounced up no, and hit me in the chin. It's like when I go bowling, my gutter balls are always on the left because yeah. I hold on to the ball too long. Yeah. Because you're nervous because uh, everyone's looking uh, at you. you know? I'm Because uh, it's heavy. That too. I, I'm a little rusty here. It's been a few weeks since I've done this, but is Doomed from the Grip an early show title contender? <laughs> <laughs> doomed from the Grip. He was. He was. Watch the tape. He's doomed from the grip. There, you could not coach him into throwing a strike with that grip. There's just I no just, way. I just put a link to a tweet in the show notes. Um, Tops, uh, not the shitty regional grocery store, but Two Peas, the uh, baseball card company, is uh, has produced a 
a baseball card of Fauci. And they've oh, taken I like it. They've taken a shot of his mid pitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's really he's owning it. He still looks I mean, better he's... in that uniform than the average manager. Oh yeah, he looks great. He's way off the to the side of the mound. Yeah. But... Well that they, they tend to not let people pitch off the rubber for these things. Yeah. I mean you could fall off if you're not used to pitching off a rubber, you can just fall off it when you're trying to throw throw a pitch. He's kind of a, a shorter fella. Yeah, too, he's a short American. He? Hi, Ellen. <laughs> is this an exception that proves the rule? Is he a short American you like, Mike? Uh, yeah, I do. I do. I, I yeah. really do like him. Um, well, I'm not saying that are, there aren't good short Americans. I'm just saying they have a lot more to prove to me than an average <laughs> size or, or a tall American. And, uh, and some of them do it. Fauci has done it. Fauci has done it. And, uh, Fauci. Yeah, I think that's the pronunciation I heard on NPR. Someone was putting a little extra stank on it, and I'm like, please stop. Please stop. You're embarrassing yourself. Yeah. Because it's like, how am I going to differentiate myself with this 7.15 a.m., you know, news break? Fauci. Fuck off. You're embarrassing yourself would be a good recurring (laughs) segment on this show (laughs) where we just call out people who are embarrassing themselves. Yeah. Why haven't we done that sooner? So... That leads us to our question of the week because uh, we we're not you know, we don't we don't really have have one built into the show. So we thought, uh, would you want to throw out a first pitch if you had the opportunity? And that's yeah. it. There are no variations to this question. Right. <laughs> would you want to throw a first pitch on Mars, but you can't come back? <laughs> right. Would you want to shoot the half court shot? You know, or would you try to hit the hit the puck in the middle of the cardboard cutout to win a chainsaw no no first pitch the um i forget i think it's the i think it's here in buffalo the bison's back when minor league baseball existed of course we're going to be hosting the blue jays this year looks like no one else wants yeah exactly (laughs) we're their fifth choice and uh (laughs) and they're not going to let anyone come see them while they're here so i know it's great it's going to be a good boon for two hotels and a couple of restaurants sure um, the days the, in is gonna have the, a yeah. fantastic hey, take summer. What you can get. Uh, believe me, right now I'm I'm absolutely happy. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stand at the highway overpass past the outfield and hold up a sign for Vlad, <laughs> Vlad Junior. So that's yeah. fine. Oh man, he's awesome. Uh, they do hurl the pearl where you get these stuffed baseballs and you try to throw them in the sunroof of a car that drives around the warning track, uh-huh. <laughs> and then you win a prize. Yeah. So a little less pressure than than off the mound or just <laughs> off the side of the mound, like Fauci. But oh man, if I, if I, I if I could have gotten to him, I'd just say just don't don't squeeze it, hold it like an egg. <laughs> he was amped up, of course. Yes, but but if you just remember to hold it like an egg, you'll relax. Is it possible that it was covered in hand sanitizer and just slipped? <laughs> <laughs> Good one. I like that one. That's better than flattening I, I the curve. I would think. I would think that your number one concern would be that you bounce it. Like you you yeah. don't get it all the way to the plate. Yeah. yeah. And so you're like, okay, I'm I'm really going to, as you said, put some extra stank on it. And then that would probably lead to the overthrowing. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing when you're, when you're nervous pitching or you're tired or whatever, uh, when any conditions are less than ideal, you tend to overgrip, and 
and he overgripped the fuck out of that one. Yeah. Oh. He choked up on it. <laughs> he really did. If you could choke up on a baseball, <laughs> he was completely choked up on it. So, Mike, would you throw out the first pitch? Oh, hell yeah. Hell I yeah. mean, I knew the answer to that. Oh, yeah. Bobby? You you just uh, you pop your feet off and really plant those sticks in good so you can... <laughs> it would be quite a spectacle, but yeah, I'd love to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I kind of thought, you know, back in my Pawtucket days... Uh, when I was on the fireman, the fireworks committee for the July 3rd baseball game at the Paw Sox, uh, which RIP Paw Sox, that's not really going to be a thing anymore. They're moving to Worcester. Um, I, eventually, it would have been my turn because they always got a bunch of these first pitches. Of course, it's minor league mm-hmm. baseball games, so there are like 10 quote unquote first pitches. And, oh, really? Know, I didn't yeah, because it's like every sponsor's cousin's kid. and Okay. You know, so it's kind of lost its shine. Fan of the game, yeah, exactly. I mean, but hey, you still get to go stand out on a relatively well-maintained baseball Fuck field. Yeah, and, I'd still do it. Yeah, and hundreds of people into their second beer are gonna watch you, you know, biff it. So, I'd yeah, get out some sandpaper or a nail file and and take a little <laughs> bit out of the side of it, and then and then just you know bring it in cutter style. That'd be really funny. Is this pine tar? <laughs> <laughs> just doctoring it out there. Just give me a second. Just give me a second. I'm working on it. Over what is that under the brim of his cap? I want to get thrown. Be the first guy throwing the first pitch that gets thrown out of the game. You're gone. Suspended. What? Sixty games. I I I pull. I open my back pocket and a nail file comes flying out. I don't. I, that's not mine. I don't know who put that there. I want to. I want to uh, bat. I want to be the first batter. Like, if there's a first pitch, oh, they should right. just let somebody up there to take a swing at it. Oh, uh, that could be even more embarrassing, though. Yeah. I, I would prefer that that person overgrip rather than undergrip. Right. Or a lot of photographers and people standing close. You get so. to pick the slugger of your choice, and they just get to take BP off your first pitch. Like, you throw oh. the first pitch, and then, and then uh, you know, Xander Bogarts just knocks it 450 feet into the oh, upper deck. Man. Oh man, yeah. Oh yeah, I think I'd be torn on what I'd want to do. Like if I if I could talk to the guy beforehand, I'd ask him where he likes it. If I want to, you know, he wants it grooved in here, grooved in there. He or, says he wants it in the dirt, four feet in front of the plate. Or if it's a guy <laughs> who blows me off, you know, he says like, ah, fuck off, you know. So I'm like, all right, and then then I'd bring some, you know, a definite like Ephus pitch or or some kind of knuckleball that I've been working on at the park and right. make him look stupid, you know, on one pitch. Like he takes a big swing and everyone laughs at him. And then I go off in glory. Boy, Fauci should have thrown of an Ephus because that would actually like, they could use that on the charts for COVID. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All we, right. So we, yes, it got to the catcher, you know, just at the right time. And, and we... <laughs> uh, sports are back. Uh, the it's Saturday morning as we're talking, the Red Sox, beat the crap out of the Orioles last night, which I imagine will be a recurring theme this season. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I did not watch. I was too busy having a, a social life or a little bit of a social life, but as much no, as you wait can a minute. in these, in these wait a minute. days, you're not going to ask me if I would throw out the first pitch. God, it's so I- irritating having men back on the show. <sighs> yep. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I just, uh, your opinion doesn't matter. And is my point. Okay. No, I honestly just was rambling and forgot. That's, you know, it was much more innocent than that. And would you throw out the first pitch in a baseball game? No, I want to sing the national anthem, Bobby. 
No, no, that's See, not the question, though. Asking. Now you're being Hillary. <laughs> oh, there goes the that. You're not, you're not being asked to... to... <laughs> I said no. Then I said what I want to do instead. No. Oh, great. Okay. Well, I thought you just meant instead, you know, you'd, you'd right. be like, well, I don't want to do that, but I want to do this. Well... Well, you don't get to do the other thing. You either can throw out the first pitch or you can't, and you just don't want no. to do it. No. You know I can't throw a baseball. The only experience that I have is when you do uh, P90X, there's one video that has some quote-unquote sports drills. So there's like a pass-and-shoot basketball and a football tires and then a baseball, like a pitch. Uh-huh. And I can at least approximate the others, but I just do not understand how the mechanics work on pitching. So, like, I feel stupid by myself in my living room doing it. So, Well, if we get Meredith in here to run some of her Tommy John numbers for us, and we'll tell you the mechanics don't work for throwing a pitch, and that's part no. of the problem. <laughs> they really don't. It's a terrible it's thing to do. It's just hopelessly yeah. awkward, and I'm not sure how to plant my foot and exactly You're how the weight shifting you works. I, I, yeah. get I, I get it. I get it. But you, I mean, you've got your national anthem stance on lock, though. Yep. Oh would God. you use a mic great. stand, or would you hold the microphone like a diva? Mm. Or would you oh, go? No. Would you go Britney headset? Uh, no, I would use a mic stand. Okay. I'm pretty confident that I could get a pretty large portion of the stadium to hear me without the microphone. Are you afraid that the feedback, you know, hearing yourself is going to detract from your performance? Nope. Okay, you got it. You're. Yep. Do you need earplugs? Nope. Okay. Yeah, I think the difference between Anne and us, Mike, is that, uh, Mike, you and I exude a certain level of unearned confidence, but Anne's is actually, I think, genuine. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, yeah. I, I think we both think we can get the ball to the catcher, get to the ball the ball to the plate. And, and me, I, I just to prove a point, I'm going to throw it as hard as I can and sail it over the, the left, the uh, sorry, the right-handed batter's box. You know, I'll be the first guy to ever let go of it too early and throwing it too hard. Uh, uh, man, but Fauci, back to Fauci. Sorry. Um, he played basketball. Just do that thing they do with like the Dr. Pepper halftime, throw the football through the hoop 10 feet away thing. Those people don't even pretend to throw it like a football. Throw a fucking chest pass to the catcher. It's the I'm first, so confused. It's the first opening day pitcher, uh, <laughs> first pitch pitcher to use a, a two-handed approach. Two-handed chest pass. <laughs> I, I just, your thought process is escaping me, Mike. We go from Dr. Fauci played basketball, throw it like a football through the hoop. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Oh, What's and, happening? And, and, no, no. The problem is that you haven't seen these Dr. Pepper halftime, like the the, the big college bowl games there's a scholarship thing um where kids they have to throw a football through something that's not too far away at a basketball game it's no no bowl games no no this is okay football game okay all right bowl games kids are they've competed they've they've rose up through the ranks and how many of these footballs can you get through that hoop in okay so so dr fauci played basketball Let's switch to talking about a completely different sport. Okay. Right. I'm with you. Right. But what these kids do, they don't pretend to even throw it like a football. Nobody does because it takes longer to wind up. 
and the thing, mm-hmm. the target's not far away. So they just chest pass it, chest pass it, chest pass it. And, these, and it looks really stupid because they're at a football game trying to do a football competition, but they're they're doing basketball chest pass. I want the money. Right. I, I would care. do No, I would totally do it if I were them. I would totally do it because, yeah, you could be really accurate with, with your football tosses, but it takes twice as long to throw them. You can pick up a football and throw a chest pass, you know, much faster than you can pick it up and throw like a spiral. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Fauci, basketball player, point guard. So obviously, great, great passing skills. Throw it like a football. Just chest, no, chest pass that that baseball. <laughs> no, it's just, you know, it's the way you throw a football when you want to throw a football like a basketball. Embrace that with a baseball. Yes. Mm-hmm. I just Bobby, put a picture in the, in the Slack of somebody two-handing one of these Dr. Pepper footballs. It's so shitty. It's the dumbest, because <laughs> they, they like tease it there. Well, we're about to do the big contest, and these kids are going to win a $100,000 scholarship. Or, like, oh, I'm tuning in for that. I'll stay for that. And then I watch, and I'm like, why are these kids chest passing football? This is the dumbest thing I ever saw. They need to move it back so the kids actually have to throw it. I think that they should switch at the professional bowling league to between the legs shots. Yes. If you get a strike my, that way. Oh, my, my late brother, he could, he could bowl 200 between his legs that motherfucker was so so athletic at at unathletic sports (laughs) so athletic at unathletic sports might actually also be (laughs) no one's ever been more athletic uh was there any concern that we weren't gonna have enough to talk about today oh yeah we need to no sorry okay (laughs) just got got me excited and uh uh please tell us about your webinar yes Oh, this is what I'm reduced to is talking about the Zoom webinars I go on for work. (laughs) Nobody's talking about that these days. Uh, Okay, so I'm working from home, as many of us are, and I had a webinar on Thursday morning that was about, I don't know, new ways to report on greenhouse gases. And, you know, I do a lot of that. I work on sustainability initiatives and someone was like, oh, hey, and you should go to this. I'm like, okay, I'll go to this webinar and see these new fancy ways of reporting, which turns out to be just all the old ways of reporting that I already figured out for myself. But anyway, I get on at nine o'clock, I'm ready to, for this webinar, have a Diet Coke, sit and drink and watch it. And the screen says, you are being put into breakout room five. And I'm like, what? And I go to breakout room five mm. and there's like eight other people in there. And they're like, hey, the moderator is like, this is a good time before the webinar starts to socialize and introduce ourselves and say who you are and where you're, where you work. And listen, I'm in my pajamas. I haven't brushed my hair. It's just in a messy thing. Like this camera is not going on. And they're like, Oh, Anne, introduce yourself where you're from. And I said, I was not told I was going to have to interact with people mm. on this call. And I just think that this is unfair. Webinars are meant to be something that you can just watch yeah. from a distance and not have any contact. And the fact that I am being tricked into socializing with people, I'm not good at socializing anyway, but that you make me do it when I'm not wearing a bra is untenable. I'm protesting webinars. Well, that is just mislabeled web- webinars. I mean, you, webinars, not that anyone loves them, but they're fine when they are just webinars. 
Right. I like to look at a few slides. Yeah, I don't want right. to have to talk about. Right. Talk to somebody from the I don't know the Minnesota Energy Coalition. Hey, what are you doing this weekend, Ann? Well, <laughs> fuck off. Nothing. I don't know you. <laughs> I did not want to network. Right. You want to head on down to the hotel Zoom bar and have a virtual drink later? No. <laughs> I want to pretend that none of you exist. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was just talking to someone about this last night. This is this is back in the before times when conferences happened in person. Um, Sam and I had a friend over last night, a, a former student of hers, who's uh, going to be working in Providence in the fall. And so we were giving all, all of our Providence uh, tips. And we, we sat on the deck at a safe social distance in the breeze. And, and anyway, uh, we got to talking about these kind of work conference things. And she's from New York. And I told her how every year I go to this terrible conference at the Westin Times Square. I've done the show from there several times through the years. Yes, I and, remember. And uh, the biggest problem I had last year when I went, I didn't go this year because we had a concert that weekend blissfully. I had a legitimate excuse not to go. Uh, but last year I got there and they upgraded me because I'm a fancy, you know, uh, uh, Bonvoy, whatever. And uh, they they put me in this junior suite situation, which is just like an extra 20 square feet. Damn, Bobby. I know, very fancy. But the problem was the exhibition hall was on like the eighth floor and it had an open ceiling a couple of stories high. And the room they gave me was on the floor directly above the exhibition hall and it had a, you know, the, the center of the thing was open. And so you could see all the hotel room doors for that level from the exhibition hall. And I got to the room and realized that if I was going to sneak back to my room and skip all of the shitty sessions and just come downstairs to Gladham between sessions, grab a cup of coffee and then go back to my room for 50 minutes at a time, which is what I usually do with these things, people were going to see me coming and going and after I stood there and thought about it for a minute, I went back down to the front desk and asked them to kindly move me to another yeah. floor. Put me by the ice machine. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Next to the elevator wait, and wait. the emergency <laughs> stairs. Yeah. Uh, the hel- is there a helipad? Can Yeah, I'll, I'll take the sound of that, whatever. Whatever, um, whatever shitty, the shittiest room you give someone, yep. I want that. They did have know. to downgrade my room to move me to another floor, and I said, I do not care. I do not I think you could you could have made that work. There presumably there's some sort of railing so you don't fall over. Uh right? yes, yeah. So it's so, you know, probably about three, four feet high or something. I just crouch. Yeah. <laughs> it, you get ready in the elevator and just get down on your hands and knees and just army crawl to your room. Yeah, just... I'm sure the floors are fine. Why is there an arm waving at the waving at the the RF lock on that yeah. hotel room door? Yeah. Wow, there's a really short guy up there. <laughs> Just to uh, get a jacket that flips inside out or something. Ah, Bobby was down here in his red jacket. And there's a man up there in a blue jacket. There's a guy yeah. who does a perp walk at the start of every session. I don't know what's going on up there. Got a trench coat draped over his shoulders. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, anyway, I, I feel your pain, and I'm sorry that that happened to you. Well... We uh we have a famous friend now, um, thank God he's he's famous for good reasons or getting famous for good reasons. We know him because he does a lot of bad things to us personally, but we respect him professionally. Um, Bobby, you've been keeping track of the story, right? Yeah, uh, you know this is our fault for being friends with Will, but um, 
mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, we, we have a pilot friend, which is a cool thing to get to say. And so we put right. up with a lot to get to brag about yeah, having a pilot friend. Do we need like a like a sounder for this segment? Like Tishi, friends in the news. Well, I think oh. I think you just made the sounder. I know. Okay. Is it in the clear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a problem. Okay. I got it. So that's I'll just make a note of that there. So that'll last. <laughs> uh, if you want to take a second crack at it, we can do it in the post. That's yeah, fine. But yeah. And like to think, think these things through. So I think yeah, she'll I, want I, another crack. I thought it was good. I, yeah, it was fine. Uh, so yeah, uh, uh, Alaska Airlines Captain Will McQuillan. We don't usually use this full situation here, but I think it's okay under the circumstances. Mm-hmm. The short version is that in this time when uh, the airline industry is getting just destroyed, because unless you're me and you're flying to drive your buddy to Seattle, you're probably not flying right now. Uh, and a lot of the airlines are uh, feeling the pain of this. And a lot of the brunt of that is being put into layoffs, furloughs, because uh, when you only need six planes a day, uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot, there's not a lot of work for pilots. And uh, uh, Alaska Airlines, being our friendly neighborhood airline in the Pacific Northwest, for those friends who are there, uh uh, had the pilot leadership of of one Captain McQuillan, who's the chairman of the pilots union at Alaska, and they announced this week that thanks to the hard work of the union, of course the management doesn't put it that way, but I think we can say thanks to the hard work of the union, there will be no pilot layoffs at Alaska, despite the world coming to an end. And uh, having listened to Will complain at all hours about this for months, uh, we know that he had a big hand in that. And uh, just a, a little congratulations to him for saving hundreds of people's jobs probably more i mean that's pretty baller i have to say yeah i mean i I don't know i don't know how such a terrible person could do such a nice thing for so many people but he's trying to square his ledger i mean that's fine right i I get it this is a deathbed Mm. confession like this is like a like a last minute salvation thing yeah he's just basically admitting what a horrible person he's been his whole life by by this good deed so working so hard to catch up you know, so uh, I'm I'm glad he did it, but you know his motivation is mm-hmm. always been questionable. Well, you know, then there there was that time that I got stranded in Seattle because of the 18 inches of snow in Minnesota, and he made you go back to the airport and get me, Bobby, and take ass. me to his house where I stayed overnight. <laughs> it just ugh. What yeah, a, what a jerk! Right, he made me do that. So you wonder why I think he's an <laughs> asshole. Yeah, that's a lot of work for Bobby. Uh, so yeah, there's a great story in the Seattle Times about uh, how they managed to pull this off despite uh, the fact that uh, demand is in the tank right now and in the toilet right now. So uh, we'll put a link in the show notes if you want to read about uh, uh, a Tishi friend who's doing good. Well, there's got to be one of us. Yeah, exactly. Somebody had to pick up the slack. Uh, and with that, uh, Anne, how about the mailbag? mailbag let's look at a couple of throw your phones we got one from listener carolyn regarding the space show from last week she says i really enjoyed listening to this episode i'm a little hung up on space topics as well i don't think you mentioned the farthest it's one of the most interesting documentaries ever it's about the voyager spacecrafts it is amazing and she signs it carolyn steady listener i like that She's a steady listener. Uh, I tried to find the farthest. Well, I just looked on Hulu and Netflix, and it wasn't on either one of those. So I'm going to scope that out, Caroline, because I do like pictures of space. So 
Then from our friend Bob Stein, he says, thanks for doing the space show. Hillary, Anna, Jeremy, my wife Sue is a huge space fan. For a certain birthday, I bought her an 8-inch Dobsonian reflector telescope, which she just used to look at Comet Neowise the other night. She, like Jeremy, wanted to be an astronaut when she was a kid, and like Jeremy... She really tears up when she watches launches or views documentaries about the space program. She went to school with Marsha Ivins, one of the shuttle female astronauts. We went to the National Air and Space Museum last year for the 50th anniversary of Apollo 11, and we had a blast. And of course, she got very emotional. So I think Jeremy can be comforted that he's not the only person who gets emotional over the grandeur of space and the human achievement that uh, we have seen regarding that. So yeah, thank you very much, Bob. I did greatly, greatly enjoy listening to Jeremy uh, in his element of giant uh, space teddy bear. Yeah. And here's the other thing is I have a sneaking suspicion that Jeremy's a really good dad. Yeah. Yeah. We got to stop talking about people we know being good. (laughs) <laughs> i mean i think we don't do it very often i think you're right but it sort of ruins the tenor of our show yeah yeah yep yep, yep. when we reveal ourselves to be mushy soft-hearted saps yeah right yeah uh speaking of space can't help but notice how, how quiet mike is during this part of the conversation <laughs> he's all right uh let's talk about our question of the week responses of course last week the question of the week was would you go on the one-way mars mission into space i found these uh, answers to be very enjoyable although as we have pointed out people did kind of try to wriggle around (laughs) the question itself (laughs) i would want to sing the national anthem in space well that's not the question that's not the question (laughs) Well, Mike, you seem to think that you were going to go to the moon and play golf, which also was not that the was question. That was Mars, wasn't it? It was red. I, I, Mike, nobody has been to Mars yet, so we can't play golf on Mars. The first, that, that picture, not with that attitude. That's supposed, I mean, I can make a tea If that's supposed to be Mars, and... that is fake news. Okay. Besides, Mars gravity is different from the moon gravity, so I don't even know... Like, uh, I don't, I don't care what golf. Mars has in store. I think my brother would shoot a seventy-eight at the very, at the very worst. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had some um, pros and some cons on the one-way Mars mission. Bet said, "No, no, 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 no." Went on the ride at Disney, had a total <laughs> panic attack. <laughs> That's the first test they give you. They put you on the Disney ride. And Half the guys are throwing up and falling out. All right, get out of here. It's like the first day of like training camp for football. You're just running. Nope, you're out. Nope, sorry. Um, Clear out your locker, friend. (sighs) One day was it for you. Uh, Kalina says, can I bring my cats? You have kids, Kalina. I mean, you want to bring your cat? I mean, is it that dire? Is COVID that bad? The girls are, sorry. Me and the cats are going to Mars. (laughs) <laughs> Who will take care of the cats? <laughs> right. Oh, good. Uh, I'm glad you're giving her credit for that thinking. That's good. Edward says, if we're talking about the one-way Mars launch, then no. If they figured out a way to get the crew <laughs> off of Mars after landing, then yes, a thousand times yes. Going to another world has been a dream of mine since I was a four, since I was four years old. Sorry, Edward. This is one way only. Yeah. 
Yep. Once once we figure out like interstellar wormhole travel, then we'll get you involved. But until then, you're going to have to wait. Brandon says, in a heartbeat, yes, Brandon. Thank you. Alicia wants to know, is Matt Damon coming with me? Um, I don't know. He'd be all right. Yes, but, but you have to eat his poop. <laughs> I I was going to say yes, but it's we bought a zoo, Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Yes, but it's the informant. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Damon. <laughs> Wow. It does get more nuanced when you start adding those. And by the way, we watched uh, Ford versus Ferrari the other night because we were just scrambling to entertain ourselves in Uh, the state of being how many months into, you know, whatever. Uh, Better than I thought it was going to be. That's just my quick endorsement for Ford. You know, like I I sort of went in with low expectations and uh, it was was pretty good, actually. Mm -hmm. Were there Fords and were there Ferraris? Uh, Yes. Both of those cars were in the movie. Enzo Ferrari mm. was in, Enzo Ferrari was in the movie. Yes, that's a uh, Fauci's cousin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fauci, you know the guy that founded Lamborghini did so because he was disappointed by the performance of his Ferrari. So he was like, funny. "Screw it, I'm gonna make my own car." <laughs> I think he supplanted. I think he did it. Yeah, <laughs> and once again, Christian Bale just um, yeah, just a kid. He's doing it. He's, yeah. Wow. It's, it's just the, the way he changes his look and affectation. Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. Ford versus I think Ferrari. It's probably hard hard to live with, though. Yeah. I probably. Would you go to Mars with Christian Bale? <laughs> <laughs> Which Christian Bale? Christian Bale? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, anyway. Christian Bale Newsies? Maybe. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's. Uh, how- Christian Bale American Psycho? No. Oh, yeah. That'd be a short trip. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. If he brings his chainsaw, that is a definite <laughs> nope. Uh, Leslie says, I don't think I would, but I would go to the ISS by the moon, I think. And then she says, edit one way? No. No, 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 no. But, you know, Leslie is a horse loving person. I almost said a horse person again, but I got in trouble yeah, last time I, mean, I, I helped thought, us. I thought you were person. just going to leave it at yes. horse when you <laughs> when you stopped. I'm like, that's really just, awful to say about something. I, I don't think Leslie would go somewhere where there are no horses. Right. So yeah. that lets her out. Fred says, I'd do anything to get off this COVID infested planet. Yeah. I hear you, Fred. Fred is more realistic than the rest of us. He knows when it's time to just... I'm going to make a tea time for me and Fred. We'll be out there. <laughs> Uh, April says I would probably annoy too many people. Yeah, but you're mostly going by yourself, April. It's yeah, fine. how many people right. could you possibly annoy? You're you're probably not gonna annoy when mission more control than, doesn't like, pick eight. up. <laughs> Jesus. April Carolyn again? just says, "Heck yes," and Saul yeah. says, "Yes, I'd be ter- terribly underqualified, and I'd probably die in the harsh Martian night." But on the bright side, the next wave of settlers would probably tell ghost <laughs> stories about me. I like how the night is going to kill you, not right. just the Martian <laughs> atmosphere. The Martian day is very temperate. We were fine till, but like around ten, it got really chilly. So, as if we're counting, it's me and Jeremy and Brandon. And Fred and Carolyn and Saul. That's the crew so far. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. Uh, I I think 
I think I can't go. I mm-hmm. I require the validation of others too much. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And there would be a limited supply of that in, yeah. on Mars. I would get tired of validating you, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. You'd be tired of validating me on this show. Right. <laughs> Just two hours a week. Yeah. Uh, and, and, again, and similarly uh, to, to Kalina, I mean, I don't have kids, but, uh, you know, I, I would want Cupcake to come. Mm-hmm. And probably mm-hmm. Sam. And so that would be complicated. I feel like Cupcake would be good in space. You know, she's not an active cat to right. she cons- begin with. Conserves so her resources. Look out the windows. <laughs> she would stare at the cat in the next spaceship. Just wonder why there's no squirrels. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even. The squirrels are getting out of hand here. Anyway. Uh, yeah. That's fun. <laughs> Uh, we should go on a medium talk. Uh, Mike, you put your name on it, but I think this is going to be a bit of a tandem. I did. I did. Uh, we, we took a road trip. That's why I've been gone for even longer than Bobby, maybe. I don't know. But although... I felt like it was really a good time to take a road trip across the Southwest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. Well, uh, here's the, here's the background. Um, my, my brother died at the, near the beginning of the outbreak. So, um, I've talked about on the show before. I didn't get a chance to see him before he died. His family, um, his wife and daughter, daughters only got a chance to see him once before he died. And, uh, so we're, we're finally going to have a uh, memorial service, um, in, uh, in Seattle at, at his house, uh, on the 4th of July. He loved the 4th of July. We would go out to the Muckleshoot Reservation and buy four or $500 worth of explosives. Not really fireworks, mm-hmm. just, you know, just <laughs> mostly menacing explosives. But that was his passion. That's the one thing he really loved was to do the 4th of July party at his house. So we're going to have one last party at his house. And then, um, and then uh, my nieces uh figured out a way to uh strap some of his ashes to some seahawk uh themed fireworks uh seahawk color fireworks so that was the finale of the night or whatever so i'm getting a little ahead of myself but this was what was planned i didn't want to fly uh because not only is flying for me a a huge hassle to begin with but um i didn't want to get sick from being that close to people right so uh, i decided that i was gonna drive because i like driving on road trips or whatever and um i've inherited my car from uh my wife it's a the an illegal uh volkswagen tdi passat which um they had to give us i think like nine thousand dollars for having cheated the uh emissions system and the upside um, to it being an illegal car, other than that rebate, was it gets over 40 miles a gallon. <laughs> and and diesel is about 10 to 20 cents more than, than uh, regular fuel right now. So it's a breeze. And it's, an, it's a comfortable car. And we finally figured out what was rattling somewhere between here and, uh, and Salt Lake City. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Emily was amazed by that, by the way. She's like, you fixed it. Yeah, she pulled out the janky thing that we'd used to fix it, and the, and I said the, I said no, put that back. She goes, why? It looks terrible. And I said, no, it fixed the rattle. And she goes, you guys fixed the rattle. I said we had a long time to figure out what what the rattle was, and we got it. We got it. 
Anyway, <clears throat> that that janky piece of thing, by the way, was a was a cardboard cheese its box top, I think, folded up a couple of times yeah. over. Still in there. <laughs> she put it back when she realized, you know, that it was the rattle rattle cure. She's like, OK, well, we'll we'll work on the aesthetics later. But that's that was important. I mean, that's why cheese its are a miracle food, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> I still have the cheese its and I still have the cure. Um. <laughs> Anyway, so this was why I was going to uh, drive to Seattle. And then Bobby was kind enough to volunteer to uh, fly down here and, and drive up with me. And that, that's great for me because I have a lot of like, I've, I have a ton of road trip stamina. Like I can drive for 16, 20 hours a day if I have to, but my, my legs don't do that. Um, they, they can't. I get, I get skin hot spots under there and I get a lot of aches and I got to take these legs off. I can only drive for like three, four hours at a time. And then I got to stop and take breaks. But Bobby volunteered to come down and, and drive me up. So I guess Bobby, here we go. Yeah. I mean, I think to, for a little context, Mike and I have been talking about taking a road trip for months. I think that conversation yeah. had started pre COVID pre uh, and and so we we had dreamed of just getting in the car and you know there we had talked you know and this was part of the cinema road trip thing too like driving across the country and scooping up all the hosts and seeing America um, and that clearly wasn't practical or feasible in this particular sense but uh, you know I I'm working but I'm working from home and my time is incredibly flexible right now and Mike said he was gonna get himself up to seattle but i knew that he had a limited time frame to to make this trip and i knew that he could only drive so many hours a day on his own and i just thought why not why not now um the worst case scenario is that uh we become the typhoid mary of the southwest and spread covid <laughs> to that's all truck stops and hotels along our path uh but uh we did it so you know, if you lick enough bathroom door handles, you can accomplish anything. Yeah. Oh, that's... I, and I think at this point, I'll just inject one quick story about when I was driving home. Because I did drive home completely on my own. So I had to take a lot of breaks and stops and whatever. And the first rest stop that I went into was in the state of Washington. It was in southwest Washington, which I don't really consider Washington. It's Portland. So whatever horrible things happen there, I blame on Portland. Um, I stopped, I kind of had to pee, but mostly I just wanted to, you know, pop my legs off for a minute and sit, sit at the rest stop. So, so before I popped my legs off, I went in, first of all, there, there were, there were some homeless people here, which is, which is okay. But I had not seen homeless people in any rest stops that, that I'd been in, in a long time. <clears throat> so, uh, they, they weren't. They weren't bothering anybody, but I, w I went into this bathroom and it smelled like urine, which no. is, which is okay. A rest stop bathroom. I don't expect, you know, miracles. It, it looked like it had been recently cleaned. And the reason I say that is because the floor was completely wet. There, there was no mop sign out like, oh, watch out. Uh, turns out. It was urine, and it was about half an inch of urine. Can we end this story right now? I'm fine. I've heard enough. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Premium it's content. <laughs> it's the first I've heard this story. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll just, I'll just get to the good part. 
there's a good part? Well, I'm in. I'm in. I'm, I'm in. You know what I mean? I'm standing in it. So what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. I, I Leave! I, well, I could just drop trial and pee on the floor right there like everyone else apparently did. Uh, or I could just take three or four steps over to the urinal and, and just go ahead. So I did. I didn't have my cane with me. I, I, I lost my cane somewhere in Seattle and I came ho- the whole way home without it. So I don't have my cane. So in that case, sometimes when I'm at a urinal, I will rest my forehead, you know, like mm. drunken style against the wall. You know, as I don't a, like this story. As a third point of balance. No, no, don't worry about my forehead. That's not the problem here. That's not the problem. No, not this time. <laughs> the problem is uh, I start peeing and then I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the wall and you know how the, there's the, there's the grout, the, t- the grout breaks in the tile and I'm starting to like go down like one grout break, two grout break. And I'm like, oh, I'm getting shorter. Well, the, the thing is, I can't feel my feet because I don't have them. My legs are sliding because of the coating of urine on the floor. My legs are just sliding apart. Just sliding and sliding. So I almost fell down in this uh, in this morass. Um, so, uh, I, but all other rest stops... All other stops along the way, you know, people, people were on top of their shit for the most part. I would say that, wouldn't you, Bobby? I mean, places yeah. were clean; they were paying attention. We had mostly good experiences on the way yeah. up. Yeah. yeah, we had that one with the Phantom Arby's that, but that was right. yeah, that's not even on the list that I wrote to discuss here. But we'll work it in. Yeah. All They're, right. Even, can, even can worse we now than put... Phantom Pains is a Phantom Arby's. Right. Can, can we put a moratorium on on bodily excretion talk? Yeah, now? I think that's it. I mean, well, I have I another did. one that's really disgusting, but I won't tell you. That. Hold on, I gotta I gotta work through the list here and just clean it up real quick. Yeah, let's do some. Quick uh, now now that I'm editing all the bodily secretion talk out, mm-hmm. uh, I flew down. We drove to Seattle. It's the end yeah. of the story. All right, good. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, uh, I, that was a punchy little story. Good times. <laughs> yeah. It was a, it's, it's not so much a story as a thing that happened to us. Um, <laughs> so uh, uh, figuring out this whole adventure from my end, um, I actually drove five hours to Detroit, home of Meredith Van Harn, uh, to fly. I did not see her, though, because schedules were conflicting uh, to uh, fly down to Austin because I could do it in direct flights. And I was a little nervous about flying, but um, I, I managed to get my hands on a couple of the... Uh, not N95 masks, but they're calling them KN95 masks. They are the, uh, whatever country of origin they are from, it's their version of N95. And of course, I'm sure it's not actually, I, I have my hesitation based on the way it fits that it's actually it's 93, yeah, 94 at most. You know, it's a solid B plus. Um, but I, I wore one of those under a cloth mask with a filter in it. And so I was double masked. Comfy. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> just so cozy. And um, I, I had a quilt wrapped around my face. <laughs> I was in, I was in first class because it was Delta, and um, I had the seat next to me was empty, so that was nice. Uh, and in lieu of meal service, they just brought uh, a selection of sort of those snack kit boxes that they have on some planes. Uh, and just at, you know, I'm looking up. I can, I, I'm, I'm sort of dazed. I've got these masks on. I'm, I'm trying not to touch any i i wiped down my whole seat and the screen in front of me and all that with uh, the trade table with bleach wipes before we got settled which i've been doing for 
years. I think in that respect, I am a, I am a, uh, you know, I was ahead of the curve on being paranoid about people being disgusting on airplanes because even before COVID people were disgusting on airplanes. Like the time I found half a banana wedged between my seat and the wall. Well, that's a hate crime. It was the first flight of the morning, which means it was clearly there from yesterday. Yeah. Anyway, so no bananas on this trip. Uh, I double masked and I have a great picture somewhere because I think it was on the flight back because it was a red eye. I was double masked and had my eye mask on and had my headphones on. And I just look like I'm cocooned, like I'm completely, I have complete sensory deprivation from the world. You'd be that guy that if the hijackers took over the plane, you would like sleep through it. Yeah, I wouldn't, no idea I wouldn't know. Anything happened. Yep. Yeah, they'd wake me up after and say a bunch of your, a bunch of the, 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 you know, Joe Sixpacks from Coach tackled this guy. Mm-hmm. And I'd say, awesome, thank you. Please put a drink on their tab for me and I will go back to sleep. Uh, no booze, by the way. <laughs> I think there might have been actually in first class, but I wasn't going to take my mask off to uh, to partake. So I snuck a water, a couple sips of water bottle under there at one point. But other than that, I, I kept my head down. Got to Austin. Uh, was uh, uh, We enjoyed a day in Austin. Uh, that asshole Will, uh, aforementioned, flew down and hung out with us for the day. And we went to a, a local establishment that we, we like a lot, Kirby Lane, and we had lunch. Um rode around Austin a bit uh, and just uh, all around enjoyed ourselves before Will and I retired to the uh, Hampton Inn somewhere uh, for the evening. The first of many mm, Hamptons. Sexy. Inn. Oh, yeah. I had two rooms. You know, he slipped back to his after. It was great. Uh, and then we hit the road. Um, I guess. Oh, uh, you you forgot. We went out to the uh, Salt Lake. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Salt Lake. Salt Lake. We, we went to Salt Lake and Emily came. And I can always tell that Emily is happy when, uh, you know, she she brought one uh, beer in her bag and drank it, which is, you know, it's BYO there. So it's not like she was being weird. I know uh, that yeah, she's just cheap. Yeah, yeah she's, she's not an alcoholic. Four dollars. No, economical. I'm not paying that. Uh, and we had a whole cooler with us and uh, she had a second beer, which means she was either enjoying yep. our company enough to want to hang out longer or she was not enjoying it so much that she wanted to no. drink it away. It's always the medicating. Always the former. Yeah, Always the because so. she would be looking for a way to get out if uh, yeah, she wasn't right. having so. a good time. And we went early, so it was before her bedtime. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we got her home <laughs> what, by five thirty. Uh, yeah, we got, her, <laughs> we got her home before the sun was on the left side of the sky. Uh, and I had a ruse where I was going to discuss all of this without mentioning Hillary, but I she'll get too mad at me. So Hillary uh, was there. Who? Hillary was there. I can't Egg? remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yes, Hillary joined us at Kirby Lane and at Salt Lake and was delightful. And Will and I uh, had the luxury of her giving us a tour of uh, Greater Austin, which included such places as, I believe, her dentist. Uh, I think where she was baptized. Uh, we got the we got the uh, we got the Hillary H. Bomb Livingston Butler personalized tour of Austin. And that was well, great. I don't think anybody has been more excited to um, be away from their family than Hillary was that that day when we, we yeah. saw her. I mean, she was just really amped uh, to be f- just footloose, you know. Yeah. And who could who could blame her after yeah. this all of this stuff? But uh, um, but the only energy that I saw similar to that was when when I was getting ready to leave for Albuquerque in the morning. Uh, I was going to pick up Bobby at that Hampton Inn, and Emily was following me around. 
really, I mean, just in a great mood and being so helpful. You, you got everything? You, you know. Can you leave faster? <laughs> it's like she wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to like turn around and come back to, oh, you know, you know, I forgot this, changed my mind or whatever. She wanted to make sure that I got out of there because, because, uh, yeah, you know, let's, we needed the break. Let's, yeah, we needed the break. But, but the, the fact that, that she got me out the door so fast, I forgot the snacks. I'm sorry, Bobby. Well, we'll get yeah, we'll we'll get to that. But okay, um, sorry, I'm really sorry. Well, it's okay. So I, I think we're I think that's going to come up in the Amazon uh, thing. So <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, this is going to be a long recap if we go hour by hour. <laughs> no, that's no, true. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. We're, now we're out. We're we're gone. We're on the road. We're going to spare you the long stretches of Utah. Um, uh, I, I just I also want to thank Hillary for her hospitality. We got uh, we, Will and I yeah. got to ride around in the Sienna, so we had an experience that you know many of us have only had virtually on this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, now you know what it's really like. Yeah, and you know what? She doesn't tell you about it in the cinema shows, but there's an entire snack buffet in the back seats. <laughs> you have your choice what? of down the crack goldfish crackers and Cheerios. You just have to pick them out from one another. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I ended up it just... Blow the fuzz off, and it's fine. <laughs> it was fine. It was great. Uh, uh, Hillary is an expert driver, and we greatly enjoyed her navigating us through the city. Is that like a Rain Man thing, where Dustin Hoffman said, I'm an excellent driver? Well, he believed it. <laughs> <laughs> is... Right. So we set off... Uh, we uh we got to Albuquerque and so these are just some of the highlights. Uh, Mike, you'll remember when we checked into the hotel at Albuquerque. The difference between me and Mike on this road trip is that I eat dinner and Mike doesn't. Um, and so uh, I was looking for just some sort of uh, takeout. And as you may recall online, I got a significant amount of shit for not getting any Hatch chilies. Uh, while, oh, yeah. while we were in Albuquerque, uh, I would like to note that we got in after 9 p.m. and apparently Albuquerque just shuts down at 9 p.m. Oh, yeah. Everything but the protesters. And um, I went to the front desk and there was this um, he was friendly, but I think he was uh, not enjoying his job because when I came downstairs, he was sitting at the table in the lobby watching TV and really wanted nothing to do with me. Um, and I asked him, where, where can I get dinner at this hour? And he, he just says, well, there, there's not a lot open, but there's this great place down the street. They've got steaks and great appetizers and... Uh, a pretty wide menu. And I, and I said, Oh, this is one of your favorite places nearby. I mean, you work here, so you probably eat nearby a lot. And he said, Oh yes, yes. This is a great option. It's called Texas Roadhouse. Oh, <laughs> hidden gems. Uh, and it was at that point that I looked around and saw that the Denny's across the street did takeout orders. And rather than fight with Grubhub and wait an hour or take Mike's keys and go to Texas Roadhouse for takeout, I, I walked over to the Denny's to pick up a takeout order, which was surprisingly good. They had a good salad. I was I was pleasantly surprised. I also had chicken fingers. Let's not pretend I only ate a salad. But um, mm-hmm. that that was Albuquerque. That that's our that's our lasting memory of Albuquerque, at least for me. Uh, then we drove fascinating. Yeah, and then we drove to Salt Lake City. And Mike, <laughs> Mike, the drive to Salt Lake City is the day you were a sad sack. Yeah, I got really sad, you know, because the reason for the trip, of course, you know, and and I just started thinking and reminiscing and. And just getting sad, feeling sad for myself. It's never good to start thinking. Yeah. So, you know, Bobby had bought this cooler, which came in handy at the at the Salt Lake. Um, and so now that's in the car and there there's beer in there. And uh, he, he just said, hey, you want a beer? And I think I drink a beer in like less than 10 seconds, which isn't kind of my 
yeah. style. I'm not sure what the open container laws are in uh, Utah or Well, it or only mattered for about 10 seconds because right. when I threw it out the window, then it was, you know, it was more of a littering <gasps> thing. No. Just no. kidding. I'm he kidding. did not. He did not. We would never. Though we did Don't see. Don't joke about that. We did see plenty of road signs that had clearly taken their. their uh, shots. Their, yeah, their bird shots. So, uh, Yeah. So Mike was a sad sack. And then uh, yeah. the next day we drove from Salt Lake City to Bend, Oregon. And this is where the, the highlight of the trip happened, which is uh, uh, Mike's story to tell. Well, I'll just, I'll start it off. I, I will just say, if anyone ever wants to save themselves hundreds, if not thousands of dollars in their lifetime or their kid's lifetime, get at me for my system of speeding. I have a system of speeding that has allowed me to not get speeding tickets through my entire life. Uh, and, and, and believe me, there have been times when I would have gone to jail forever if I'd been pulled over for speeding. Mm. Or, you know, you could just not speed. I'm sorry. I, I that doesn't register. So did, 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 did somebody cut out there for a yeah, second? Yeah. Somebody, somebody <laughs> dropped out, but it's just, you, you know, it's basically follow the laws like a good person with a moral compass and not speed. Just let me tease it. Okay. Speed limits 20. You can go 21, 30, 32, 40, 43. So it goes on like that. Okay. And you will never be pulled over. What you do get pulled over for though is erratic driving, which, you know, you can control that. You're not an erratic person. Don't drive erratically. Follow the laws. Of course, where you get in trouble is when you, when you're courteous, suspiciously courteous, because most people are oblivious. Um, Bobby, to his detriment, is a very courteous person. And that's what happened in Burns. How dare you, Bobby? Yeah. Yeah. That's the lesson I learned is that I should just not, uh, never be nice. Yeah. Stop being pleasant. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, we were pulling through the, uh, small town of Burns, Oregon. Now, when you drive from Salt Lake City to uh, Bend, there there's no major highway that goes through Central Oregon from east to west. It's it's sort of a two lane road. Sometimes it, life is a highway. Yeah, I'm gonna ride uh, I was hoping it we could get through long. the show without that song. You wanted we? There's been a a surprising lack of Tom Cochran, despite the theme of these episodes lately. <laughs> Ah, Cochrane angst, eh? Um, so uh, we're we're driving through Burns. Burns is a is a one stoplight town. There's nothing of note there, uh, and we're we're through town, and we're just sort of leaving town. And the this uh, road is currently three lanes. We have two lanes, and the oncoming traffic has one lane. And there's sort of a gentle curve coming up to the left, and on the right. I see uh, a cop, very clearly a cop, not at all hiding, uh, facing us, uh, but off the road to the right on a little gravel patch, basically along the side of the road. And I figure, well, this is a this is a very thinly veiled speed trap. So not a problem. I am doing, uh, you know, (laughs) four miles over. It did look like the worst speed trap I've ever seen. Like, is this working on the people coming the other way? Because this is this is not a great spot. Exactly. 
Uh, I mean, if it's a prevention thing, like we don't want yeah. you speeding through the middle right. of nowhere in Oregon, Just park that's great. Your car there. What's well, like on the Dukes of Hazard when you drive by and Roscoe P. Coltrane is like in the bushes and then he pulls the rope and the speed, uh, like twenty five miles an hour, the sign pops up. Oh, and then the, you're busted. Like a trap, yeah. Yep. A, a, an actual trap. Yep. Yeah, so... And you got to get them Duke boys. Exactly. Uh, we were clearly those Duke boys in this case. And, mm. of course, we're, we're flying through in a in a Jetta with uh, uh, the TDI with the heavy, the heavy Texas tint on the windows mm. and the Texas plates. And, uh, you know, so we're, we're flying through. And, you know, we, we are not speeding. I am confident that we are not speeding as we approach this officer. So, I you know, we're coming up this road. And I think, well, I mean, I, I he's pretty close to the edge of the lane, and I don't want to blow right by him. So doing what you do when you see a police officer on the side of the road. If you're I, a courteous driver. Right. If I'm not a dick, I, uh, I with my blinker, legally, shift over Ugh, to the left the lane. The blinker. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, the blinker. Stop with the blinker. <laughs> the blinker. My, my Boston coming out. And I, I shift over to the left lane. And I think, okay, great. And we pass the cop and we're on our way and we're off into just hours of, of empty scenery. And then we see, I see very clearly behind me, the cop pull out, start following us. Okay, great. I have not figured out what we have done wrong in this scenario. So It's not uh, the day, it's not the sad day, is it? Was it the sad day? No, no, this is the day after the sad day. Okay, so yeah, yeah. So yeah, we don't exactly. have an open container in the Right, car. exactly. And I, 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 you know, I had done my breakfast drinking, but not nearly enough to <laughs> right, 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 to blow right. anything. By this time, you were fine. We're like yeah, an exactly. hour outside. Yeah. Let's just take the edge off. It's a delicate. Well, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm, I'm a, a better nervous, driver if I've exactly. Had I'm a nervous driver, so I need a couple to. <laughs> sure. You know, obviously, that is a joke. You know, I'm coffee, coffee until noon, diet coke until six, coffee, and whiskey okay. until sunset. Right. Um, I uh, so we we go and we're going we're going for a while, and then finally. Uh, this cop throws its lights on and it's a statey. It's a, it's an Oregon state, whatever. Uh, and we, and we pull over. And I realized at this point, the reason he had waited to pull us over is because there is nowhere to pull over on this, this mm -hmm. backwoods road until he threw his lights on as we were approaching a driveway that had sort of an expanded gravel, like a uh, ranch, uh, driveway. Yeah. There, there's room to pull over parallel to the road here. So this guy has done this once or twice. He knows exactly where he can pull someone over. And there's room. So we pull over uh, and uh, uh, they he pulls over behind us and he's taking his sweet fucking time coming up to the car just all day. It's a young kid, perfectly pleasant, actually, comes up to the passenger side window for safety reasons, I imagine. And we roll it down and, and we're ready to hand him our crap as he comes in. And he asks us how we're doing. And then he asks us a million questions. And then he says... Uh, you know, do, do you know why you pulled the over? No, we really don't. Uh, and he says, did you see the sign back there about keeping the center lane open for oncoming traffic? And I, I had seen this sign uh, back there that didn't make any sense about keeping, you know, staying to the to the side lanes. And I said, why? Well, I, I, I do understand vaguely what that means. I've never seen a sign like that before coming to Oregon. Uh, but I, I shifted over to the left lane because I saw your car and I did not want to, uh, buzz you. Basically. I didn't want, you know, I want to give you plenty of room. And he says back to us, yeah, I guess I'm pretty close to the, 
to the shoulder there. Uh, I've been trying to get the car further over. And I'm like, okay, well, right. So this is why I went into the left lane. And it's not like I went into a lane that wasn't ours. This is a this is two lanes on our side. You know, yeah, didn't... it's just a precautionary thing because people will try to pass and just they'll use the the other they'll use the center lane even when you can't see far enough to do so. So yeah, what they're saying makes sense. Right. What they're saying is assholes coming around the corner from the other side might yeah. drift into the middle. And so you should leave it open and kill you. Yeah. And so they don't want that to happen. And that's great. Yeah. And so we do all this. And the guy says, well, OK, OK. So, you know, he like I said, he's very friendly and he explains that rule to us. And then he hands us our or he does not hand us our step back. He keeps my my driver's license. And he says, well, I'm going to let you off with a warning. OK, great. And he says, I got to go back to my car for a minute. And so he goes back to his car with my license. So we can't leave. And we're waiting and waiting and waiting. And then and we, we see... think we're going to get a written warning. Right. You know, some sort of some document. Because that's or... why he still has a license. So right. why else would he take it back there if he right. was going to? So we're sitting here. And then minutes later, we see a black unmarked SUV come flying down and pull a U-turn and get behind the cop. And we're thinking, okay, great. This is the most exciting thing to happen in Burns, Oregon today. <laughs> so they're calling in everyone to back up. Yeah. Guy changed lanes. Yeah. So, so we see a, a different <laughs> officer in a different style uniform, and also, uh, also a younger guy, but not quite as young. And I would no. say maybe about twice the size of the first cop, uh, big guy, ho- horizontally. Yeah, mm. uh, uh, sort of. Texas boys is trouble. Yeah, exactly. He, and he's he's lumbering up to the passenger side of the car, and uh, and he he looks in the window, and and uh, not a lot of foreplay with this guy. He just dives right into the reason he's walked up to the car, Mike. Um. He says, uh, good afternoon. Uh, if you don't mind me asking, um, how'd you lose your legs? Oh my God. (laughs) For context, as the first cop had, had been talking to us, Mike, Mike takes his legs off a lot when he's in the passenger seat. And so his stumps are out. And his legs are actually standing up between his legs. His, his, you know, prosthetics are standing up on their shoes. Uh, and so the cups of them are sitting. And so if you look down over from the passenger side, it's very obvious that Mike has prosthetic legs. So this this young cop had obviously gone back to the his car and, and called a buddy of his uh, who might enjoy a war story or might want to, you know, talk about... Uh, <laughs> Talk about Iraq or Afghanistan or the Gulf War or World War One when it's guys old as me, (laughs) Spanish. uh, You know, (laughs) I go back. Let's just say that. So you know, this guy's looking for some nom flashbacks or something, uh, some some Desert Storm horror story. And uh, Mike, you had a very simple answer for him. Yeah, yeah. I just said, uh, yeah, diabetes. I got real. I got real fat. And uh, and I didn't do anything about it for too long, and and I lost my legs. <laughs> That's pretty much well, what I, I said. I think the wind right? out of his sails. <laughs> yeah. So so after it's not I, the story anybody. That's not the that's not the story anybody really wants. Th- this guy just drove across town for this. I know. <laughs> We've been ev- waiting twenty five, thirty five minutes for this guy. Pretty sure this was just an over militarized local cop because uh, you know he had the the unmarked SUV and all that, yeah. the, the black uniform and the tactical vest that barely fit him, and you know. Oh. So he pauses. Lots of sunglasses and visors yeah. that you can bend around without breaking. 
he pauses and then he just proceeds to ask us just dozens of questions about our trip where we're coming from where we're going who we know uh we've got to make it worthwhile oh my god exactly it's not going to get a war story funny moment when we say we're driving to bend oregon to meet a friend and he asks who and mike (sighs) well unfortunately for me um if a if a cop is going to pull you over and ask you for a story about some friend you're going to see have that friend not be named mike smith because it sounds like the most made-up thing in the world. <laughs> Who are you going to see in bed? Oh, I have my buddy Mike Smith. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's Dave Johnson error. wasn't available. Mm-hmm. Or... Nope. Yeah. So uh, eventually this guy uh, says decides he's had enough with us. And he, he <laughs> starts heading back to his car and he says, we're good to go. Yeah. And as he's walking away, we lean out the car. And I think it's Mike who just yells out, uh, hey, but we still need his license back. And he just goes, oh, yeah, the first guy, he's coming back with that. That's still on him. And so this guy walks back to his car and then we wait several more minutes. And then the first cop finally comes back up to the window, hands Mike my license and just says, you're good to go. No paperwork, no No. record of the stop. No, nothing. Just here's your license back. Have a good day. We were just the entertainment. We were the afternoon show. Mm -hmm. And they made us late. Kind they made of. us late to they made us late to bend. Forty minutes we sat on the side of the fucking road outside of for bend, fucking Oregon. nothing because Bobby had to signal and be courteous. And I'm yeah. telling you, don't do it, people. Yeah. If you don't want to get pulled over, <laughs> no, because Deputy Dewey made an assumption. Yep. <laughs> so uh, this is the first instance I've seen of Mike specifically trying not to steal Valor. <laughs> <laughs> right. I would have made a play if they were trying to give us a ticket, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, well, and that's... well, my unit was in Kandahar. <laughs> yeah. I would have tried to come up. I would have been Googling fur- furiously if they were, you know. Right. And this is the part that pissed me off the most is if they had written us a ticket, I could have been a dick. Like, I would have been mean yeah. about it. I would have been really pissed. But because they let us off of the warning, I had to be nice. And so we just sat there and took it. This This massive waste of time. Uh, you know, all because this guy wanted to share share a war story with a buddy or have a war story he could share with a buddy. We got stuck there screwing around. Uh, on this and it was hot. We had the car off, and so the windows down, and you know, it's yeah. fucking. It's the it's not the fun part of Oregon. It's the shitty hot part of Oregon. But at least Bobby, we didn't have to worry about being murdered. Yes, uh, we we had an entire conversation between cops about how we were glad that we were two white guys. And that was terrible. We hated the fact that we were sitting there and realizing that if we had been anyone else, it would have been a get out of the car, get on your knees. And Mike would have said, go back and put a movie on because it's going to be a few minutes. I got to put my legs on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, guys, you guys might want to go call your wives or something because this is going to take a minute. I can't even imagine what the standoff would have looked like when it said, I can't get up and stand up and put my hands on the car. Just a second. Yeah. I mean, sincerely, I mean, that we had that, it was a very, uh, you know, most of the story is funny, but that little bit was actually quite sincere. We, we recognized our privilege pretty quickly on that. Well, I got uh, pulled over when I was a kid uh, for a crime that I didn't commit. And I was on the pavement and a knee was on my neck and a gun was at my head. And I wasn't scared. And I hadn't thought about that for a long time. Um, you know, because they figured out it wasn't me. And I I knew they would because I didn't do it. But some people don't have that luxury, you know. Yep. yep. 
you knew it was a mistake and you were confident that it would get resolved. Mm-hmm. As long as I didn't like twitch or do way. something stupid, I mean, everything was going to be fine. Yeah. So from there, the trip was a lot of fun. Uh, we stopped in Bend, Oregon, which I fell in love with immediately. Bend is all it's, oh, it's young, great. talented, polymath, rich people in the woods. And so it's just like a giant <laughs> summer camp. When you say talented, Bobby. terrible. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. When I, when I say talented, I mean physically attractive. Very, very talented. Uh, the, the s- oh no! I couldn't live there. My self-esteem is rough as it the, is. Uh, the- and I'll just get just get a uh, just get a roadside table, you know, and just watch watch the yep. scenery. The the <laughs> scenery in Bend, Oregon, Ooh. a second to none. I've never seen anything like it. And 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 you know, I'm not just ogling the women. And every guy has six to eight pack abs mm-hmm. and is just out for a run in the middle of the day, mm. just just in mm. shorts and no shirt. Just and oh. uh, let me say this, Anne. Also, when it gets over 58 degrees in Bend, shirts are coming off. The guy's shirts are coming off, and they should, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's like a- What's the beard situation like, though? Is it the it long, scraggly no. brewery beards? Because no. I ain't into They're that. They're kempt. It's a rich town. Mm. It's a very rich okay. town. Yeah. So everything's, like, tight. It's, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, for, I had the first thought you did, and I thought, oh my God, I can't, I don't fit in here. And then I realized that there were a few people like me, as in less than an eight and a half, and they were fine. They were not being bothered. And some well, of them because were interacting we're with the nines and tens. Yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> it, it was, it's just, uh, it's incredible. It was, we went to a brewery, uh, for dinner and they were enforcing the mask laws thoroughly and mm-hmm. there were just beautiful people everywhere and then i was worried as it was getting later because more and more of these youngs were showing up and <laughs> acting like they were going to be super spreaders and then at something magical happened at i think what was it 10 o'clock maybe yeah. it was 9 30 yeah they shut the, it down they closed yeah it was just like okay well uh dinner service is over and uh so that's it that's what we're here to do is have some drinks with dinner this is not a place where you young people are going to ruin it for the rest of us and everyone went home and it was incredible. Sounds gross. <laughs> uh, and then the next day we went and had uh, brisket at Big Countries, and I got to meet Big Country. And uh, I, I hate to say this because it validates Mike too much, but um, I I just sat and listened to Mike and Big Country reminisce about prison stories uh, for a couple hours. And, uh, uh, I, you know, I've always assumed that Mike was sort of, somewhat full of shit i figured that every story was about a third as interesting as the way he tells it and um i'm i'm here to say that that's that's simply not true um big country not only validated some of mike's bullshit stories or at least i thought bullshit stories he actually had more details that made them even more interesting than mike remembers in his adult brain <laughs> some of them make but me the- look better some way worse and in Smith even. Yeah, some of the stuff. Yeah, Ooh. Smith too. Uh Mike Smith who The got Seagram's inter- Golden Wine Cooler. Oh god. Oh dear. Uh Mike Smith recounted a a night of driving home, uh let's just say very late and they were very tired. And mm. from Bellingham emotional. From, from Western Washington University right. where we were visiting our friend Barb and and uh Yes. That Barb. And and Mike was driving my car. He was driving the old two eighty Z and uh that was a mistake letting Mike drive because I'm looking out the window. Um, and then I I just hear the thump 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 thump, and it's like, oh, that's the road turtles. And I look over at Mike and he's asleep. 
He's asleep. <laughs> He's just driving over the road turtles. You know, and so I'm, I like, I reach over and I correct the steering and I scream, Mike, Mike. And he, he wakes up and he's like, oh, shit. Sorry about that. So you know? the, the part of this story that Mike has told before is that part of the two of them trying to stay awake in the car. Yeah. But the part that Mike has never told us is what song they were singing very loudly together to stay awake. <sighs> yeah. We, we put on some like, ugh, whatever, like talk radio we put on music or whatever it wouldn't work we need to be more active so the windows are down it's freezing cold and we start doing the the seagull golden wine cool and we did that probably from smoky point uh all the way back uh, to the u district uh, just to keep ourselves awake and that is why and I, that might refresh my memory that is the only reason why i know that thing so pat so hard and can hit hit it yeah like i do uh, so um question um why why sing that why that tune in particular oh because uh mike's kind of a douchebag i know he wouldn't mind me saying that or he was he was he was a pretty big douchebag future mayor of you were all douchebags back then yes but he was open about it i mean there was no he he wasn't apologetic he wasn't like trying to go behind the scenes and get girls and then later be a douchebag i would not have been friends with you which would have been fine because i would have been far beneath you no, no, no. Oh, you no. Know, they're just you, different. No, no, You shouldn't the, have been friends with me. It, Nobody it's not, should have been. It's not a linear scale, and you, you would have been behind him in douchebaggery, but way ahead of him in useful and thoughtful human being. <laughs> like, they're just, <laughs> you, you just, you're saying that he smells different than your color. Like, they're just two different things. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so Mike is a reformed douchebag, you know, yeah. kind of like me, but like, you know, he, I'm... I was jealous. He was out there with what a dick he was. Uh, the, so. the important part of this story is that the three of us are sitting in this bar surrounded by beautiful people who can't tell we're oh, there. My God. And um, uh, Mike is telling this story. Mike Smith is telling this story. Mike one, let's call him for the sake of this. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mike one, the new Mike to me, new to me, Mike is telling this story. And he says, do you remember what we were singing? And Mike Frizzell, Mike Two, lesser Mike, goes, uh, no, what were we singing? And Mike Smith, Mike One, a.k.a. Uh, godly Mike, goes, Seagrams! Cool! Like, just busts into it. And I practically fall off my bar stool laughing. Because the fact that Mike Frizzell, Mike Two, maybe even Mike Three, I don't know, there might have been another Mike somewhere in the bar, uh, could not remember that. But that Mike Smith belted it, I lost my shit. I'm I'm too busy uh, misremembering things and making things up to remember actual details, <laughs> and why I know things and why I don't know others. Uh, so yes, uh, validation of of Mike Frizzell's existence was very interesting for me as a friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's spare everyone the Northgate nonsense, which was when we finally yeah. got to Seattle and uh, had a knockout knockdown drag out fight with the front desk agent, but let it be known that she called Emily in a, in a deep sleep and woke her up to confirm our eligibility to stay at that hotel. And Jesus, and I would fear for my life if I had called Emily and woke her up at that hour. It was, it was, I mean, it was the crack at 10 o'clock in the evening. Yep. Yeah. It was just the wrong. Oh yeah. Yeah. Two in the morning, better seven at night. Okay. But yeah, she's in the middle of sleep at 10 PM. She's right in the middle of her sleep. So, you know, uh, Emily, if you hear this, 
you are welcome to come join me in Bonvoy Land. Uh, if if, uh, if you're so put off, <laughs> the by, weather's good over here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this Hilton Honors nonsense. I mean, I like a good Hilton <laughs> property, but I, you know, I feel like training is better over on the Marriott side. Uh, so yeah, Mike went to his brother's service and saw his family, and I went to Will's on the Fourth of July, and we watched all of the other neighbors on the lake blow up hundreds of dollars of garbage in the sky for our benefit. Yeah, yeah, Bobby, <laughs> but but were there cremains? You know. <laughs> I mean, I think I was at the better part. To my knowledge, there were no human remains being exploded. I mean, at least that could have been like fish food. I tried to get some of my brother in my drink. You know, they they blew him up there and I'm like, oh, you know. I mean, I I wouldn't be shocked if someone on that like lost living flesh setting all these things off. Yeah, no doubt that happens. (laughs) Happens every year. Uh, But yeah, that was our trip. We we hung out. That's how you get man eating fish. So you lose a finger in the lake, and then they <laughs> and then develop they... a taste yeah. for it. Wow. Yeah. it's a good point. I'll, I'll come up with the title for that, Anne, and I think we can work work with that. Yeah. I can add this to our repertoire of publishing. This is good. <laughs> this is an ebook waiting to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that That's the recount of our road trip. I, I think, uh, Mike, quite sincerely, I, I greatly enjoyed our, our few days together bonding, and um, we, we had a lot of serious conversations. And we also had an extended conversation about how we would karate chop every state in half most effectively. So mm-hmm. South Dakota would be easy. No, no, surprisingly you'd be surprised. Hard. Yep. Yeah. There's really there's a lot of methodology to this, but we're already 90 minutes into this show, so we cannot start yeah. talking about just, it now. Just flip Vermont on its side and get it over with. Yep. I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, quick uh, chop. There's uh, we power ranked these and then bracketed them. Yeah. They're- whole tournament going on what we realized is when we spent 37 hours in the car together or something is that every tangent we've ever had that we have sort of hung up in our minds because there were more important things to talk about there were not more important things to talk about no and so we spelled we spun everything out to its to its furthest edge and uh yeah we just two two people who never shut up in a car together and we just didn't shut up we talked but 37 hours straight. I I thought I was going to need herbal tea at some point to rest my vocal cords. But other than that, it was amazing. <laughs> there would have been a point around hour 28 when I would have murdered you both and left your bodies on the roadside. Uh, yes. No, no doubt about that. Yeah. <laughs> that little stretch of Colorado we went through would have been perfect for that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Just for some blessed quiet. <laughs> yeah, there was... There was none, none of that. And we did not, like, I think we listened to like half an episode of TBTL and like a couple minutes of a couple other podcasts, but we didn't, we didn't listen to the radio. We didn't listen to music. We just filled space. I think if, if Mike and I needed to work AM commercial radio, talk, talk radio, we could just go like somebody could just pull his string and get me a cup of coffee. And Oh, we, we all know that. Just yeah. if, pull my string a second time. If you need to go, you know, take a shit. Yeah. You'd be sweeping those quarter hours. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, I don't think we'll be sweeping anything except the floors <laughs> in an empty studio, but we can fill it. We yeah. Can keep the needle moving. Just imagine if that, that 10 minutes before we started the show today of wasps versus hummingbirds versus murder hornets had actually made it on the air. Yeah. No, yeah. Gosh. Uh, when we come back. <laughs> That's awesome. Why old people like hummingbirds. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, do we want to go to Amazon or, or, and do you have any questions about our grand adventure? No, I, I, well, oh, what was the jerky situation? 
I mean, how many farts in a bag oh, did no. you bring? No, I'm not a jerky guy. Zero. Wow. No. I'm not really a jerky guy either. I, I um, and we really didn't even eat a lot of junk food either. I mean, I, like I said, I I was doing takeout, so I was moderating the whole trip. So the first night I got my Denny's chicken fingers, but also a robust salad. The second night I took the car after we got to Salt Lake City and I went to In-N-Out and I got In-N-Out, but then I also went to an Albertsons or something and got an entire veggie. Oh, no, it was a Smith's, right? Because we were in Salt Lake City, so the grocery store is just named Smith's. Of course. Yeah. And I got a vegetable platter. Mike Smith's. Ate a crudite. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, we were we were pretty careful um, and low-key about that. Yeah, the, the car did not smell after I was impressed with us. But what about Cheez-Its? There, uh, actually, I had a box of Cheez-Its that I brought with me from Austin, and it made it all the way through the trip without being eaten. And I finally I still have just it. Gave, yeah, gave it to Mike, and I said, take it for the drive back. We, we were so sated, so pleased, so happy the whole time, so comfortable. Uh, <laughs> and I will say, uh, power move by Mike, or I think it was Emily, there was a large oversized bottle of hand sanitizer with a pump in each car doors um panel like in the cup mm-hmm. holder that was so emily every time we got in or out of the car we just hit the hand sanitizer it was great so you were so like emotionally satisfied that you didn't need to stuff your feelings down with food right yeah it was oh, it was yeah. like uh it was like nirvana and a jetta <laughs> we weren't in a jetta Ah, damn it. Yeah, and I keep doing that. The TDI, excuse me, Nirvana and the TDI. I, I used to have a Jetta. I used to drive a sorority girl car, but now now it's a Passat. So. Nirvana and a Passat. That sounds good. I'm just trying to figure out what we're going to name the show, so it's probably going to be that. That is a good show title. Yeah. Uh, do we want to do Amazon or do we want to hold Amazon? Because we are pretty deep here. Let's hold it, yeah. man. Uh, all I will say about Amazon is when we get to that list probably next week, uh, you will see that uh, you'll see the five pound bag of grapefruit gummies that Christy bought and raved about. Mm-hmm. I bought a five pound and Jeremy stole. Yes. Well, I was going to let him off the hook for that, but <laughs> you know, I think it's telling that big country let Jeremy sleep in his yard, but I actually got to come inside to have a meal. Oh, so let's just put that out there. Um, <laughs> Goodness. There's a big uh, fire pit out there. I'm sure Jeremy was fine. It was actually quite nice. And a little garden. He's got a nice garden in his yard. Uh, he's got a sweet setup, man. Yeah. Uh, I bought a five pound bag of gummy fruit salad, you know, to get all the food groups. And I also bought a a big old tub of Utz party mix, which is one of my more favorite, uh, variety mix snacks. And, um, uh, Emily, uh, with glee rushed Mike out of the house so fast that he forgot them. I had shipped them ahead to Mike's house. I don't want to blame no. her entirely. I should have had a list. I mean, yes. she has a checklist for traveling. I should have had a list. I don't blame her for wanting to get rid of you, so I completely understand. Oh, man. I mean, uh, try to act sad for five minutes. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so that was that was on the list. Uh, and so when you see that on the Is Amazon that... list, you know that was me. <laughs> it's that whole, how can I miss you if you won't go away thing. <laughs> uh, it was flattering. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, I so, knew uh, it. I've I've known it for weeks, possibly months, that that I should get the fuck out of here for a while. So we will break down uh, the Amazon list next week, and this is good because this gives us a one week warning to say to the to the people who returned things, especially as expensive mm. things they bought and then returned, don't fuck with our heart like that. And if you know who mm. you are, maybe send us your justification for that because that's you know we what happens is we get the report and we see that we got thirty four cents from you. And then we see that we got negative 34 cents from you. And so 
you know. I mean, it's just crushing. Right. I can't take the emotional roller coaster. It's really, it's, it's sad. It's, it's truly they sad. might put us right back into a jam that we've just gotten out of. So, right. so mm-hmm. keep that in mind. And don't you think I wasn't reaching for the cash in my backpack when we were getting pulled over by towny cops in, in rural Oregon? <laughs> oh my God, a real jam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I, I was... I was already thinking that we might have to bribe our way out of that, but uh-huh. yeah, nope. Just wanted a story. Uh, let's do Tishi recommends. Uh, you know, and I apologize by the way. And we have dominated this episode with our with no, our. No, we knew bros. how that was yeah. going to be. All right. So, and I, I, I promise I was only kidding, of course, about you being here to moderate us, and you know, your opinion <laughs> not mattering, and you, you know that I'm, I'm, I'm with the cause of of equality and feminism. I just, you know. Mike's rubbed off on me a little bit, so I have to remember that. Mm-hmm. I know. You know, when I turned 40, I stopped caring. Yeah. Someday I'll know. Fuck all y'all men. The bra is off. That's right. <laughs> I'm never putting it back on. <laughs> You've done done it. Bra oh. is off. Uh, Tishi recommends, I have a shameless Amazon plug of the week. That's Tim Wu's book, The Master Switch, which I bought like a year or two ago, and it's been sitting on a shelf, and I finally dusted it off and started reading it Uh last weekend while we were camping it's the rise and fall of information empires and it it talks about the sort of um the freewheeling nature of various informatic systems and then how they get locked down over time starting with how anyone could broadcast radio and then radio got consolidated and then tv and it gets consolidated and now how we're in that age of the internet where kind of everyone can do whatever they want online and it's and we're slowly watching the walls close in on corporate control and throttling and censorship and how based on this historic cycle of new and free and open to everyone and then harder to access and harder to, uh, to use is so normal that we should just expect that the internet's going to blow in 20 years. Hmm. And so uh, it's an interesting look at that cycle and how it repeats itself over and over. In fact, the telephone is the first one on it and how in the early days, any guy with some wire could string up his neighborhood or the farms around him and have a telephone system and then how Ma Bell just destroyed that. So <laughs> you can't make money that way. Right. <laughs> and so, and uh, yeah, the, the profit motive versus the freedom of, of communication. Uh, it's certainly not a fiction uh, page turner, but uh, it's fascinating. And I'm really quite I enjoying it. I mean, it's it. not going in, in uh, Hillary's horny corner. No, no, I but don't But that think doesn't so. mean it's not worth reading. Right. And I get a little it tingle. Depends on what gets you off. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I, and I also added a second shameless Amazon plug of the week, and that is the farthest Hat tip to steady listener Carolyn. It's available on Amazon Prime. So for $3, oh. you can go rent it. And I believe you can rent it through a referral link from us. So I'll put that in the show notes. Cool. All right. Housekeeping. Is there someone in there? May I enter? Goodness. It's a formal. Oh, this is housekeeping in the age of consent. I like it. Uh, <laughs> buy stuff from us. We have merch at thisshowhaseverything.com. You can click. Uh, click the shop button there and uh, and buy some stuff. Please, please do. I need to go look at that, by the way, because um, I need some new uh, new gear. Please rate and review us on whatever uh, site you use. My native podcast app for Apple is just it just blows these days. So, send me your recommendations for your your podcast apps. I love I love those. Always love those. Uh, Grab Gabber. <laughs> gonna have to launch one someday just to (laughs) just see what we can get away with 
<laughs> All right. Uh, add the Amazon link to your uh, phone home screen so that we can uh, widely ridicule your purchases, which we didn't have a chance to get to today, which I'm really sad about because I saw some stuff on there I was dying to talk about. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. Yeah. Uh, you can find us at theshowseverything.com. Three or phone.com is your number one stop shop to email us all your grapes and grievances and thoughts and opinions and hopes and dreams. The Facebook group is This Show Has Everything, and it is always hopping, especially with the tangents that spin off the question of the week posts. The show Twitter is Tishi Show. You can email us directly if you like at Tishi at 10710.com. Send us your voice memos to that address, and we will feature them on the show. You can fax me. Uh, whatever body part you want at 617-354-8513 uh, toes Bobby wants toes oh god oh this, man that's, this is a whole I could send you a couple creepy ones oh, maybe Mike wants toes I the don't thing know is that Mike I, has, I want 10 Mike has pictures of a lack of toes Mike has pictures of toes perhaps after not being attached anymore I don't want to see that I have a picture of a stump that looks like a baseball I've seen that one Anyway, pretty wild. Mike, you can fax it to me at 617-354-8513. Oh, done. <laughs> uh, and uh, even though we didn't get to Amazon, somehow that uh, legally yeah. was still everything.
goodness, it really was quite a ride you took us on there. Imagine 37 hours of this in the car. (laughs) (laughs) And if you could have been there for the States, I think you would have participated. You would have taken your earplugs out and, uh, and, and we would have chopped up the States with you.